0: You are listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree.
1: People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris,
0: this is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything
2: that's embarrassing.
0: Well, it's always weird when we record without intro music. It's like, <laughs> it throws it it's, off. Yeah, it doesn't feel the same when we start and we don't hear the music going, but that's okay. Uh, it's episode 358, 358 of the New Utah Podcast. Um, <clears throat> we're back sort of live, but not together because... The snow and our guests uh, are going to come in um, remotely because of the weather as well.
1: I think it might just be Mariah.
0: Well, whatever. Whichever guest And I'm fucking sick,
1: so (laughs) so. it's nice for me not to get y'all sick. It's actually
0: April Fool's snowstorm. uh, Not really. It didn't start on the 1st. It started yesterday, which was the 3rd. It It actually started like... The, the second, I guess, in the evening. I thought for sure yesterday was going to be worse. Um, And it did snow, like, kind of all day, but it didn't really ever stick until yeah. the evening. Which made shoveling ridiculously difficult because it was super wet on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it stuck to the snow shovel. But, like, we had 12 inches, and the first inch was wet. The rest was powder.
3: Yeah. Well, and then they closed school. However... Sort of, because ever since COVID, whenever, they they don't technically close it. They They just go remote day. So there wasn't in school today, but they still had to log in and and do class stuff. So I guess that's how they go around it without having to do makeup days at the end of the year. Because this is the third, I want to say the third time in the last like, two months that they've done this
0: which is really unusual for the state of utah i mean we yeah. don't we're not we're not texas we 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 close our <laughs> schools never um so usually it's i mean when you when you have 10 to 12 inches in the valley like we got last night you know plows are just trying to get the big roads cleared let alone the neighborhood roads and kids are trying to dig out and like getting to bus stops is difficult and buses have difficulty so yeah yeah it's just a lot safer to close schools when there's 12 inches of snow on the ground. And doing it a virtual. They used to just do
1: like a delayed start. Yeah, that's what they used to do. Like, Yeah, we? and
0: I would assume because they can do the virtual days now, like it's just easier to say, nope, we'll just, yeah. it's virtual today. That's the thing. So like Jonathan had to log into a couple of his classes,
3: sent messages this morning. Okay, log in. Here's your assignment. So.
0: Which does work really well for kids that have access to that. But there are still a, a significant number of kids, especially in the public school system, that do not have access to that sort of thing. So Breeza uh, waving <laughs> away the dog farts today. They're, she's under Bree, and they don't smell good. So did you guys all.
3: see uh, see that picture downtown on one of the buildings that got? This oh, it's bed. on the, it's the Hyatt it's Regency. It's on the, the new hotel at the uh, Salt Palace. Yeah, to show where we are. And we're 700 inches. Well, Alta's
0: at
1: 800.
0: Yeah, Alta's at 800. And it's just, it was like, I saw a size comparison. In fact, I think I sent you a video of a lady standing at the bottom of it. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's, uh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of snow, man. Seven and a half, almost eight stories tall. Well, and to talk about like how much snow it is, like it's first off, it is now officially the most snowpack in recorded history so it was at one point like 83 was the big one since we started doing the automated recording and we had surpassed that but now with this storm we are officially at a higher snow water equivalent level so they measure snowpack in a couple of ways but the one that's most important for us is water content essentially and we have just shy of 30 inches as of um, – this was as of yesterday. We have just shy of 30 inches. I'm sure we have more now with this last storm, um, which is the highest amount of snowpack ever in the state's recorded history. So we're we're talking about going back like into the 1800s. Yeah. So that's a 100-year storm.
3: Well, I guess it's – 100-year season. 100-year season. A hundred year season.
0: Which we desperately need, right? Like 1952, I think, was an older... Except uh, that
1: it's supposed to be 70 on Monday.
0: Oh, so statewide records were first established in 1930. So since the 30s. So 100 years, basically. Um, and the previous record was in the 50s. It was 28.8. And we were at 29 inches when uh, this story was released Tuesday today, this oh, morning. Yeah. So in so, 71 years of recorded
3: history, according to that uh, article... We've we've beat it, which is yeah awesome, and it's going to be a little worrisome if we
0: hit 60s next week. And stuff we're supposed
1: mountain. to hit 70 on Monday.
0: Stuff starts melting. To give you an idea, our 30-year normal is half that at 15.8 inches. Now, granted, like we've been in a drought. Last year was a 12-inch max out, um, but we're still not at the end of the season yet. Um, mm. If you look at the snowpack graphs, we are we still got another month of peak snowpack building time yeah. uh, by most modeling. So we'll see if we get more winter storms here in the spring that brings more snow or not. But, yeah, we don't want it to warm up super fast like it looks like it's going to. So I think the governor has already declared um, yeah. some flood emergency stuff uh, to start being able to take action.
1: Um, We've had some insureds reach out to see if they can get flood insurance. Well, I know that a lot of areas have been sandbagging already.
0: Yeah, I know Provo has been doing a ton of stuff around the Provo River, clearing out drains, clearing out um, overflow channels and stuff that, like that. Of the canals by
3: me, they've been out there with the big uh, trucks, back yeah. backhoes, cleaning out the
0: by me, the debris.
3: Even if they don't open it up, just it's just going to flood without opening up the rivers into it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you think about those people that live below the Jordan canal in Murray, <laughs> uh, like are downhill of that thing that has already had issues. Like it, like one of the levees broke a few years back and flooded the whole area. Um, but they're, they're going to have some water issues. I think where we're at is okay. Like my house is not really going to have any issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's that no area
3: in uh, Taylorsville that's down from the water towers that just sits in that
0: bowl. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, well, that's like, just like in Murray. Yeah. You got back on one side. You got the freeway and yep. it just it, that. Well, that's the, that's s- the river bottoms too. Like you got to wonder. I know when they built all that stuff in the river bottom, they built it with flooding in mind. Uh, and so there is, like I was talking to someone, there's so much drainage built into that, that entire area there, we'll which see. is good because, uh, we're going to get tested this year. I think so. You know, St. George is going to wash away again, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we'll see a lot of flooding down there for sure. Um, because it's just, it's a statewide, like certainly there's more in the northern part of the state. Um, but it, you know, we're, we're going to see absolutely, we'll probably see some of the canyon roads get washed out again. Yeah. Um, cause we saw that even in other years where the snowpack wasn't so great. Right. Um, the banks of those rivers are really close to the roads and they're just, you know, when they overflow, they're just going to eat away at the soil underneath the, the roads. And
3: I, I, I would
0: predict that there's going to
3: be a period of time here in the next month or two where they shut down the national parks too because of the flooding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I would not be surprised uh, at all. Um, yeah. So anyway, lots of snow. Um, it's hard not to talk about it. It's a, you know, a record year. Um, it's the the biggest on record for us. So um, desperately needed. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. I'm sure we'll continue to talk about the water levels and the flooding potential and all that as we get more, um, further into spring and uh, get closer to summertime and early summer. But right now, ski resorts love it. You know, mm-hmm. 800 inches at Alta, you can't bitch about that. That's insane. Well, you can when you're um, locked away. <laughs> yeah, when they do enter a lodge, um, which they've had to do a few times now because of all the snow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, also, I saw a video, um, I think you sent it to me, Bree, uh, a dude up in Bear Lake. That was saying, Hey, if you got a cabin in Bear Lake, you should really come up here and do some snow removal. And he was showing pictures of like compacted snow on decks and like collapsed houses. Houses that were like broken in half yeah, roofs because that were caving in. Well, people, I mean, those houses up there, you know, people have them and they don't spend any time in the winter up there. And this kind of year, you know, you get three, four feet of snow that just sits on your, it doesn't melt. Yeah, not a ton of Well, he there. was
1: showing where like on one house it had, slid off the roof onto the deck.
0: Because it had a metal roof, which is normal for up there.
1: And he said, the problem is, is normally that would be like 10 feet of snow, but because of the way that it was sitting on the roof and slid off and compacted, like it's heavy yeah, and it's, it's dense. like 10
0: feet of snow packed not, into half the space. Yeah. And
1: it's not melting. And mm-hmm. so like decks are collapsing. Decks aren't meant to handle that kind of weight.
0: so." Yeah. Yeah, it's, we'll it's, see. It's gonna be interesting to see what the next couple months bring. Well, anyway, um, so the last few weeks have been a little crazy and weird, podcast-wise. We actually haven't recorded for over two weeks. Um, because first,
1: first, Jeremy went to Disney. <laughs> yeah, sent Julia over to try and keep us from bickering, but that didn't work. <laughs>
0: it worked a little. Um, it, it probably was better. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Jeremy, yeah, you were in, in, uh, Disneyland? Yes, we were. Disney World. Disneyland. Sixties and seventies,
3: wonderful weather. Well, here it was snowing and being ugly. And then we got back on Friday and you guys left on Friday. Yeah. So. We, we left before you got back though. We, yeah, we got, well, cause our flight got delayed for like six hours because of all of the snow here. So we sat in the airport in California for probably 6 hours waiting for our flight. So by the time we got here it was probably 9ish at night, but they just had a huge ice storm and the freeways were a disaster. So it took us almost 2 hours to get home from the airport. And there's cars slid off all over the place and and cops and it was it was crazy. So we didn't get home till it
0: was probably 11 that's insane that's that's crazy um
1: yeah we uh we flew to houston that friday um we actually left a little bit earlier than we had planned just because we were ready but i'm kind of glad we did because we missed the first big part of the storm that came that morning like we were in the airport when it hit so yeah like
0: because it had been snowing in the morning lightly and then we got our Uber out to the airport and, or our Lyft,
1: I guess. I don't ever use it. Yeah, we Uber. shoveled like two or three. Well, you shoveled like two or three inches.
0: And we get out there and we were sitting having lunch at squatters and drinking booze uh, and watching whiteout conditions at the airport. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they passed, which the weather indicated they would before our flight took mm-hmm. off. Our flight was like five minutes delayed or something. Uh, and then we get to Houston. Stayed in uh League City, which is just south of Houston. It's between Houston and Galveston. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just a suburb basically. Um but past the freeway construction that is on I forty five, I think it is, that has the southbound lanes closed all weekend that weekend <laughs> and like traffic
1: diverted. So luckily we were already past that.
0: That's true. Um uh and then you know, Saturday morning we went to uh, went to the cruise terminal in Galveston, which I, you know, Galveston surprised me. I hadn't, I had never actually been in Galveston proper. I like Galveston.
1: And, you know, I made you, him listen to the Galveston song. Fuck <laughs> off with
0: that song. So down in the the swampy parts of Houston and the delta there between Houston and, and Galveston, most of the houses are on stilts mm-hmm. and don't even have like a first floor. It's like their garage usually at best. Um, which makes a whole lot of sense, Uh because you know, you, well, that's you where flood they get the flooding
3: because that's where my uncle used to live. Is in was that, in those swampy areas in that area, and they get flooding all the time. And that's when well, I, I think I showed you guys the picture. It was probably four or five years ago where he had the gator in his driveway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. To the flooding, anyway. So yeah, that was where he was, and then he moved up to Buffalo. But but yeah, well, all those houses are up on stilts, and then the down by the resort, almost everything down there is on stilts.
0: Yeah, but like in Galveston proper, like as we got into Galveston, I was surprised most of those buildings, even right up on the waterway, not on stilts. They're just at ground level, which is insane because Galveston's below sea level. Mm-hmm. They have a seawall because they're below sea level, uh, and not to put those houses on stilts is just mind-boggling to me. Like how they so decide not to do it that. It's funny. I'm I'm sending Brie
3: pictures of us in California, sunny. She's sending pictures of you guys with the storm and then it flips like the yeah. next day. She's sending me pictures on the ship. I'm like, no, and I'm sending her pictures of me driving to work in a snowstorm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's wild. So the cruise was good. Um, we went to, uh, Honduras, which we didn't get to dock. Um, the, the Isle of Roatan was way too windy.
1: We actually had two medical emergencies while we were on the ship, which I didn't know. And, when we did our ship tour there was actually a dead body in the morgue
0: uh yeah at least that's uh that's the suspicion so wow. on the way down we had to get close closer to cancun than they wanted um so that we could offload someone that had had a heart attack uh, onto a mexican coast guard ship close to cancun, cancun so they could get her to a hospital that's and then sad
1: I, I, wow you just have to completely stop you can't just pull a tissue out
0: <laughs> well i'm giving you the whole thing but you have to like use your words no because you you're
1: a dude and <laughs> i and need words your fault. A
0: dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a dude and that's why i need words we're idiots um she shakes her head yes um Did so, you have but any, anyway any weather or was it pretty
3: decent the whole time
0: So on the way down, the seas were pretty choppy. They weren't as bad as like the week before where they had like barf bags all over the place. Like they had them by all the elevators and everything because I guess it was really, really bad. But it was, it was windy enough when we got to Roatan that we couldn't dock. They tried six times before giving up. Um, and, um, you know, it is what it is. The crew. Did a fantastic job because that's a day off for most of them where they sleep in and they all had to get up and go like
1: be roused and had to go to work and
0: had to come up with a schedule like I'm sure they have them kind of in reserve like what they're going to do. But they ended up like bringing new comedians on the ship later in the cruise because they used up the ones that were there (laughs) on the sea day for entertainment, which makes sense. Um so Belize was really cool. Getting to go to the Mayan ruins, both in Belize and in Cozumel, was amazing. Yeah,
1: Xunantunich was really cool. And what was really cool in Belize is the our tour guide, because we had to drive quite a ways, um, Two hours. extremely knowledgeable. Like, just telling us all about, like, the island and the industry and the schooling and just everything and you and he just would, we were asking him questions and there, I don't recall that there was anything that he was like, I don't know. Like, I think he'd like, he's been doing it long enough that like, he just, he knew everything about years about his Island. He was extremely kind, extremely knowledgeable. I was not bored the entire way there. And then on the way back, um, I talked to some people that was, no, that was the second day. Huh? On the way back, I think he Just talked some more, but anyway, definitely worth the drive. Definitely worth the drive. Of course, you could have
3: said anything and you wouldn't have known otherwise. So he could have just been, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm sure he's talking about Well,
0: I mean, this was a cool, this was a really cool ruin. So, first off, to get to them, it's, it is like Bree said, a long drive. It's like two hours from the port, give it maybe two and a half to the ruins, depending on traffic to the ruins. Basically, you go from the coast of Belize to one mile from the Guatemalan border.
1: Like, they were warning us, like, please do not wander off. You are so close right now. And we were seeing Belize... They had plenty of Belize
0: military personnel. Like Belize doesn't have a formal military. They have like a defense force. But there were a lot of armed defense force people around that area because it's so close to Guatemala.
1: And when you're up on the ruins, they're like, and that area right there is Guatemala.
0: Because it's less than a mile away from where these ruins are. But you have to take a hand crank ferry across a river to get to them. Oh, That's cool. Um, And so like they can fit four vehicles on the ferry, but we all just walked onto the ferry because we had a tour bus. Uh, But the ruins were cool. We're probably one of the last few people that get to climb up on them because they're probably. It sounds like the Belizean government is probably going to stop allowing people to climb the ruins um, without special permits because they're just they're they're getting too much erosion. That just makes sense. If you have that many people climbing it, it's just
3: it's going to wear away.
1: Well, and it's not even just that. Even the wind and stuff. So there's some reliefs that are. I I guess they're not too high to touch if you climbed. If you actually like climbed up and didn't use the stairs, but that they've already cast in like a fiberglass something, um, that sit in front of the actual ones because it wasn't necessarily the people that were eroding them away. It's, it's 130 feet up in the air on the highest point of Belize. And so it gets all the wind and all the rain, like it gets all the weather and it's, it's literally just wearing away. But really, really
3: cool. Just don't let Indiana Jones on it or he'll destroy it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Interestingly <laughs> enough, a worker that was doing something on one one of the temples at that site almost fell into a tomb that they hadn't known existed. And they've discovered it was like three years ago, like right before COVID.
1: They thought it might be the king, but.
0: Turns out it's a warrior queen. Um, oh wow. That's they they really found cool. all sorts of stuff to indicate it was a warrior and they misidentified the skeleton. So they remains. assumed
1: that it was a man, but then when they took the bones in the pelvic bones showed that it was a, a warrior That's queen. Really cool.
0: Yeah, really cool. And then when we went to Cozumel, um we also went to see ruins there, but so with Cozumel you can take a boat over to the mainland and you can see um uh Tulum the Mayan city of Tulum. Mm -hmm. But we actually went to ruins in the island uh, of Cozumel.
1: On the island.
0: Yeah. And they're like centrally located in the island and they were really freaking cool.
1: Well, I think what the coolest thing is, is kind of their history. So uh, the people, they, they, they fled to this island to recreate everything. So they didn't actually even have a sacrificial area, um, at least that they found yet. And so they had, they built this this temple, and then of course you know it went away and it, it got grown over and whatnot, and um, then a white dude, a white Spanish dude comes and he buys the land he was and a general. He was clearing, he was clearing the land and he found a building and he thought he would find gold. So, what's the best way to do it? Oh, you use explosives, of course. Of course. Blow it up. So he started blowing things up, and so uh, finally, finally the government found out and they stopped him and stuff, but the schools that were there were starting to put the ruins back together. And some kid from a Disney cruise was like standing with his mom, kicking at what he thought was like a rock in the ground. And he kept kicking and kicking and kicking. And finally, like he uncovered something pretty big. It was a femur. It ended up being a femur. Wow. And they found like seven (laughs) more buildings that weren't exploded. Like the guy hadn't,
0: That seven buildings that had been buried that they didn't know about. So they've gone back to excavating. Yep.
1: So they switched over to excavation to try and get those uncovered before they are ruined more before they go back to, um, repairing them because like they're, they find the pieces like out in the parking lot essentially. And then they bring them back and try and figure out where they went and what building they went to. And anyway, it was, it, it was so cool.
0: Yeah, it was a really good trip. Those are the kinds of things that we like to do when we go on vacation: is explore, really explore cool. things, not just go hang out at bars. <laughs> we can do that on the ship. <laughs> That's what the ship's for. It's a floating. Yeah, boat. but it's, it's awesome. It's just like a, it's a place for you to pack all your shit, um, have some entertainment, and like come back to, so that you don't have to stay in a bunch of different places.
1: Well, and what we found is we stayed on the first level, which is it's not a porthole like there's an actual window but the room was bigger so we had a, a toilet a shower and a sink and then we had a whole other bathroom that just had a tub and a sink in it Oh wow! and then our couch was longer and we could sit up in the window like we had so much space it was it was really nice
0: the cabin was was like she said on deck one forward of the ship and so we were really close to water level, like maybe a story up from where the water level was. So on the choppier days, like w- waves were crashing into our window and we could hear all of them hit the ship. And
1: You could hear the thud. And if you were sitting up in the window looking, you could actually see the wave that made wow. the thud. Yeah, it was
0: cool. It was cool. Um And then I think for me, one of the highlights of the trip, though, was on the last day of the cruise so Carnival used to do and has now brought back um they call it the behind the fun tour but it's a ship tour
1: I think all of the
0: ships do one to some degree they all stopped them during covid um and they're very limited they only do one and there was a dozen people on this thing so out of get a, the uh, princess one remember we did that uh uh-uh. uh you did not go and we went through the galley we did a galley tour so this that is was like not this is like we went all we went, sorts of places, yeah, we
1: like went to engineering. we went to the laundry, we walked into the freezers, we
0: yeah, we went into the storerooms, we went cool. down onto the lower crew decks. we went, so in, the engineering control room was as low as we could get, um, and all of this, we had to have a security guard with the group while we were in the bridge, and and like the three different control times room.
1: like when we went onto the bridge, when we went into engineering, and what was there was another time no, it was just those two, anyway, I guess at the beginning, the very, yeah. very beginning. So before you you're not allowed to take your phone. They wand you. And stupid people bring in their damn phones with them.
0: Yeah, it was clear oh. the whole way through. Um we had to sign we had to sign up like the first thing we did when we got on the ship is walk to the excursion desk and sign up. It was a dozen people allowed on the tour. And I tour. think
1: there were already like five rows like five yeah. couples
0: Very very exclusive tour. That's really um, cool. Really cool though. You got to see like the crew mess, like one of the crew mess halls. Um, we got to walk past, we didn't get to go in their lounge, um, but we got to see like some of their lounge, the relaxation areas, uh, meet the captain, go on the bridge. We did the brewery tour, an abbreviated brewery tour, which, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. I've been on a million brewery tours, but the engineering control room was the coolest. Um, we couldn't get into the engine room because you have to have PPE and everything to go down in there, but the control room is, mind-bogglingly awesome <laughs> we got
1: to go backstage for the performances oh, yeah. and i think that was really cool we got to see where they have all their costumes like how they get it done they talked about how they hire people and the the guy that runs the stage stuff i think there's only eight people on his team 12.
0: there's four main singers four backup no, singers the and people four the,
1: no not the people that perform like the the stage crew essentially there was, oh, like, the, there was like eight of them oh the tech guy The tech guys, I think there's like eight, and they do everything on the ship. They do your room TVs, they do Hmm. all of the stuff for the entertainments for all of the lounges, all of the theaters, all of that stuff. And he took us out onto the stage and showed us like where the markings were and showed us how things worked. And it was funny because our our uh, our what is it the the fun guy, the person that's you know in charge of all of the parties Uh, or whatever, the cruise director. The cruise director. He was just he was doing the the disembarkation. talk or whatever. And I just happened to go over and look out the curtain and he's super tall and I'm super short. And he came like coming through the curtains and all of a sudden there I am just standing there and he about jumped the whole, (laughs) I was (laughs) like, oops, sorry. So it was, it was cool to go behind everything and, and see all of the things the only complaint that we had was you don't get to go to the bathroom, and it's a four-hour tour. Yeah,
0: it was rough. It <laughs> was a long tour. It was really cool, though. Um, so, anyway, um, yeah, let's talk. Uh, there's a few events maybe we can talk about real quick. Um, so, oh,
3: let's go let's on. mention uh, Folk Hogan. Mm-hmm. They've they've put out their March events. So, March 11th, our name's Sue on state March 17th, the Funkin' Dive with Hectic Hobo which I've not heard of them, but I'm sure they're great. Uh, March 18, Piper Down. March 25th, Lighthouse Lounge. Yeah, Thanks. you're telling
0: people all these March dates, Jeremy. It's April 4th. Oh, today. did I?
1: Oh, I pulled the wrong one.
0: I <laughs> put the wrong dates <laughs> in. I got the wrong dates. Sorry about well, that, everybody. It's
1: because our calendar is still March here in the studio because you haven't turned it.
3: <laughs> um, I'm Sorry, I did the. Marketing. You
0: try, you try to do it, and then you just you I messed fail. it up. I was supposed to pull the Aprils next right, week. You, I'll have if you want to if you want to pull them now. I'll I'll talk about these Easter events, okay, uh, that are I'll in here, because um, Easter is coming up. Uh, it's well, it's this Sunday actually. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, there's um. um Pet photos with the Easter bunny in most of the malls. Um, I think maybe this is the last little bit you can do them is this week, I would assume. Um, Let's see. There's an Easter dog bone hunt at Wheeler Farm on the 6th from 3 to 7. Uh, I got it whenever you're ready. (laughs) Um, I'll go through a couple more of these. There's an adult flashlight flashlight Easter egg hunt at Centennial Park in West Valley on April 7th at 9 o'clock. 18 plus i do not have any idea what's going to happen there <laughs> but um you know uh loveland uh has an extravaganza on the 8th from 10 to 5 so that would be the saturday before easter at the aquarium um if you go out to uh Utahagenda.com, agenda.com uh there's a huge list of yeah, easter good. egg hunt locations oh. uh and the days where they're at so i'm not going to go through all of them i just wanted to go through a couple. Um, but go check out that website, and you can see a whole bunch of different like Easter egg hunts happening in the state.
3: And then, doesn't uh, the cathedral don't they have their Easter mass spree? Or s- I'm sure they have.
1: Oh, them. I'm sure they do. I don't know. I reason out of practicing
3: Catholic these yeah. days. Yeah. Okay. So, um, April 29th at the King Room. June 2nd at ABG's in Provo. And June 3rd, Shred Fest. So when those get a little nice. closer, we'll announce it. So it looks like they've only got one for April and nothing in May. And I don't know if they're touring again. They might be. They might be. They might uh, be. In May. But go to FolkHogan.com and you can see all of their up, up, upcoming events.
0: Um, Baseball's opening up again, um, interestingly enough, with the snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's interesting. The one thing that I
3: thought was really cool though is uh bohemian uh is their vendor again at the bees oh, nice. they have they, they call it like the bohemian something it's the, like a little beer garden that bohemian's doing so go for the
0: baseball but more importantly go for the bohemian no one goes for the baseball <laughs> they all go to drink beer eat hot dogs and talk to people um and it's still at spring smith ballpark smith mobile yes, bar park or- for for now for now until they build the one out in Harriman that they want to build. But yeah, um, that's good. You know, um, don't go see RSL probably. I mean, I know we did a whole episode on it, uh, for last week, but Holy fuck. Have they had the worst? I think one of the worst openings to a season in RSL history, they've been outscored 13 to three, um, eight to nothing in the last two games. Um, not even able to keep, uh, uh, any goals out of the net. It seems, um, yeah, it's not a good start to the season. We'll uh, we'll see where things go, but I do not have high <laughs> hopes for the season based on how we're playing. So, um, not a not a not a great look for the team.
1: When we were in Houston, we ran into the Colorado Rapids. Um, All on the way back, academy yeah. players, and oh, cool. stopped and talked to them for a minute. We always try and talk to the kids when they're in the airport. We tend to be there and, and notice that because you know we're soccer fans and. They come in. I in saw groups. them from a
0: distance. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a Rapids Academy team. It looks like a rapid shield from like, you know, a hundred yards away probably. <laughs> I, I
1: agreed with you though. Like I was pretty sure it was them. So uh anyway,
0: I think we'll uh we'll probably just get to our guest now. All right. Joining us this week is Mariah Mellis, the executive director of Utah Film Center. Thanks for joining us, Mariah.
4: Thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: I like that name Mariah. There's not a not a lot of people that have that name out there. You've got some company with like Mariah Carey. And they, that's the actually only other line Mariah
4: on. Carey and I were both named after the same thing. Um, it's very oh. fitting that I work in film because our names come from a song in the movie, Paint Your Wagon, starring Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood.
3: Paint your wagon, and I know that.
4: Five hundred men sing my name. They belted out there that The rain is Tess and the fire is Joel, and they call the wind Mariah. So,
0: Mariah and
4: Carrie and I are both named after that song.
0: I think you may be the first Mariah I've ever met in real life, to be honest. It is not a common name.
4: No, there are Morias, M-O-R, like Black Mariahs and Mount Mariahs, but there's not many Mariahs, I guess.
2: There's
0: a lot of... There's a lot of Chris's out there. I don't Aww, run into I'm them sorry, very often, Chris. but yeah, my name's pretty popular for some reason. You run into you're,
1: you're, them all the whole time. What are you talking about?
3: At least when you go to like the gift shops, your name's on all the keychains, Chris. Uh-huh. That's true.
0: That's true. Never. <laughs> my daughter's names, I don't, never are they on keychains. Um, my fault. I would assume Mariah is a tough like souvenir name to find too.
4: Uh, it's getting easier. I think now with the popularity of Mariah Carey, um, there are definitely a lot more times that I'll find my name out there. But still pretty rare or not spelled correctly. I tell people all the time, it's Maria with an H on it. So if I need to, I can just buy the keychain that says Maria and then like scribble in an H at the end. (laughs) Little DYI there, just in case.
0: (laughs) I I would totally do that for my, maybe we could do that for Cassidy. So our daughter's name is Cassidy Joe. We can find plenty of Cassidys. It's,
1: it's, well, no, even that's not, not as easy, but yeah.
0: But then we could just like scratch in the J-O.
1: Cause it's, it's one word. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still like it, but yeah, poor girl.
4: Well, you know, if you
1: have two first names,
4: that is one of the prerequisites to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader.
1: See. Oh, she would never
0: do that. <laughs> like, like, like Cameron Lynn. Uh-huh. Or, um, and Tammy. Amy Beth
4: and Beth Ann and Sarah Jane and Sapphire
0: yeah. is underqualified though. Sapphire's in a different a different sporting event <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah. No, no. Cassidy is is yeah, she's she's yeah, Thought she would never be a cheerleader. Ever, 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 ever.
4: Not nice. the rah-rah spirit.
1: Oh no, she's quite the opposite. So let's talk a little bit about you. We're gonna ask you uh,
0: first off, what's your birthday?
1: Just the this the <laughs> month and the date. You don't have to do the year. Okay, I was like,
0: really? Yeah, I don't need to know. You. They never explain nine. the way I want because <laughs> most people,
1: when you say what's your
0: birthday, that's not true. Don't every single
1: person that you ask looks at you like you're crazy, and I try and correct them every time. That's
0: right. You will age yourself in this interview, <laughs> like I guarantee it. There's there's no doubt in my mind you will eventually age yourself, but we're really just looking for your actual birthday.
4: Okay, perfect. So it's June 25th, exactly six months from Christmas. So I get presents every six months.
3: So September awesome. 25th was a magic time for your parents.
1: Probably. Yeah. What did that? What's
4: that song about September? <laughs> I'm sure they were listening to it.
1: Could have been. Could have been. What were they
0: doing that September?
3: September could have been first part of October. Maybe they were. Maybe there was a hayride, some fall event they went to, something.
1: Maybe the magic just been, was in the air, right? Could have just been celebrating that she was back in she's school. She's thought,
0: she's thought about. Oh no, this she wouldn't have
1: been born yet. She's what am been. I thinking?
0: She's clearly asked her parents about her conception. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that sounds horrific. Did, did people ask about that?
0: <laughs> I know exactly how I was conceived. Well, you have a spe- you're a special case. You were a you were a medical procedure. I was a medical procedure.
4: That's well, a lot of money for you then. It, it is. That.
0: She was part of a research project, which is even better because it didn't cost anything, really. <laughs> but we, I used to call her a test tube baby, but that's not really true. Right. She wasn't a test tube. She turkey was, baster uh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I was
1: a turkey baster baby.
0: <laughs> a scientific turkey baster.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was very scientifically done, but essentially just a fancy tur- turkey baster.
4: So you're really like a pioneer. You helped, you know, so many other oh,
1: yeah, parents,
4: sure. people become parents because of the work that you did in being born. So,
1: Yep, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> well, not
0: that old, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, th- this is like when you were when you were conceived, that was early days of fertility research. And it's come so far in your lifetime. Like I mean, this was before cryogenic frozen. Like this was live donor in the next room.
1: Have you seen uh, what's it called? Uh, our father, our father. It's Netflix on the documentary. Netflix documentary. That's no. how I was. That's how I was conceived, but not by that guy.
0: But by, by an okay. actual, by an actual research project at a at a university. But
1: the university pr- put it on, and they used medical students. And my biological father went on to become a physician. So. It was legit. Okay. But if you ever want, if you want to ever interested in it, go ahead and uh, watch that show. Cause it's, it, he has like over a hundred kids.
4: That's what I was going to ask. I'm going to say, did you have a ton of siblings that are like half siblings or same, same sperm donor?
1: Well, I have two that are, that were conceived the same way I were and that was, and then I have seven that he actually just had with his wife. So, yes, oh, wow. there are a ton, but he just had a big family. Grew up as an only child. She now has nine siblings. Yep.
4: So there's a movie called Starbuck. It's actually a Canadian film. And there's a remake of it, um, a U.S. remake of it that I'm sure you can find, too. But the idea is basically that this sperm donor fathered hundreds of kids. And then they all started finding each other after he was. Oh, kind yeah, of, I've
0: heard of that one. Yeah,
4: it's hilarious and probably likely true. So there you go
0: it's based off of that dude and our father probably <laughs> that that documentary about that dude and in like Indiana. it's creepy
1: it's yeah it's pretty sad up. especially because well, they're all who kind of in, in the same area
4: and somebody who works in film i'm gonna say you know film imitates life and so you know of course it there's going to be a movie about it and if there isn't then you can make one
1: that's right and on that note, that's an easy way to slide right into what you do. Well, sorta. I still want to know where she was born. Oh, that's true. You want to get all that. Uh, oh, okay.
4: In. We're going personal. Um, Blackfoot, Idaho. I was Yay. born in Blackfoot, Idaho. Blackfoot, yeah. Colorado. And I say, Idaho, no, Yortaho. So, so, um, yeah. And uh, but I moved to Utah when I was two. So and I'm not two anymore. So I will say that I'm mostly a Utah. And my parents met in Utah they the whole family's pretty much my, my father's whole family is from Utah, so I kind of claim like seventh generation Utah, and like pioneer handcart people.
3: So, what were they doing mm-hmm. in Idaho then?
4: School, uh, Rick's College.
1: Gotcha. Oh my gosh, that's where my ex husband went. Good now it's
0: called BYU,
1: BYU Idaho, Idaho.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's the party BYU. Uh, is
1: fun. there a, such a thing as a party BYU? I don't.
0: Yeah, six. That's the party school.
1: I in think. Idaho. <laughs> I think Don told me the like the most party thing they did was like put spaghetti in two tubes of toothpaste so that it was hard for people to put the toothpaste on their toothbrush.
4: Oh, well, my parents met hitchhiking, so that's probably on their way from from BYU Idaho or Ricks to actual BYU for spring break. And um, my mother and her friend's car broke down. Oh no, sorry, reverse my father and his friend's car broke down At my mother and her friend picked them up and wow. it broke down at the point of the mountain. Uh, so for all you Utahns, that's where the prison currently was is. Say, that was, <laughs> trusting. And the prison was there at the time. And uh, I asked my mom later, I said, well, why would you pick up somebody right by a prison? And, and she's like, well, they, they looked pretty clean cut. They looked, they didn't look like they were serial killers, you know, Fast forward a few years to like Ted Bundy, and yeah. I think she probably changed her tune about what serial killers look like. I was say, it worked out well.
3: He lived in the valley at about that time, didn't he? It did. <laughs> I just it find said it I'd out my
4: age, and I'm already half. Yeah, are in the seventies.
0: happened. See, and I I was just thinking like that is that is some sheltered life. When you go on spring break from BYU, Idaho, <laughs> to BYU. Well, <laughs> when
1: you're, when you're in Idaho, Utah is like the big, the big city.
0: Yeah. Especially when you're just True. outside of Pocatello.
1: So, like, you know.
0: So like, let's go on spring break to BYU. <laughs> it's what I when I think of spring break. It's just not
1: like you stay virtuous that way.
0: yeah No. Well, I mean, maybe they probably soak now on spring break down at <laughs> Ew. I still can't believe that's a real thing. Ew. Look it up if you don't know. What we're no, talking don't about, look it up. <laughs>
1: don't I, I don't, up. and I'm afraid to ask, and so I'm not no. going to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. You can look it up though. It's just soaking. If you
1: have, if you have like younger kids or access to like 20 some 20 somethings you could ask just ask them and they'll know i bet
4: tiktok would tell me or show me okay, right probably yeah yeah they you would. might not want
1: to change your algorithm to yeah. reflect yeah. that i don't know if you want to see a bunch of
0: videos about <laughs> mormon kids soaking
4: uh, just based off no based off your faces i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say <laughs> like Maybe do I want to stay virtuous and does
1: not. <laughs> does the, does the fact that you're set it around your phone now, you might get something weird. Yeah, you, you might end true. up
3: with it on your... i sure. Get an so, okay. so you guys moved to Utah. Where, where in Utah do you move to?
4: Oh, so my dad was a police officer. And so we moved around quite a bit depending on where he was needed. So um, spent some time in Northern Utah and like Farmington and Syracuse and time in Wendover, Yes, people do live in Wendover. Luckily, it was brief, um, but an adventure for a kid of like eight or nine years old. And then they settled in um,
3: the Riverton area. Nice. So that's where I'm at is Riverton.
4: And it's grown up so much since I lived there. I I went to high school out there and it was farmland.
3: Did you go to Riverton High then?
4: Oh, no. Like Bingham, back in the day when there was was
3: no Riverton High. Before Riverton existed. Well, then... The old Bingham, I'm assuming, not the newer building.
4: I was in the new Bingham, not the old Bingham,
3: the, uh, quote unquote new. But yeah, yeah.
4: I didn't go to school in Copperton. I went to school in South Jordan. Right. Nice. Yes. But homecoming was out at the old Bingham back then, and you could go and get your picture taken by the giant copper. I don't know, like backdrop that they had out there. They had a big plaque that was all copper.
3: So it was that but- like the, that little city of Copperton? Uh huh. Nice. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that they hauled us is- like we commuted out there for homecoming.
3: That place is so crazy because when the mine was in its heyday in the 40s and 50s is when they built that little town. And it's like it's time hasn't touched it. It's like going back in time when you go into that little town because all the homes still look the same, 40s and 50s. It's it's almost weird.
4: Totally. I did get a call or a text recently from some a friend's child who um wanted wanted to go find the old because they've torn down the old Bingham High School and they were she was looking for the um, I guess there's some tunnels out there and so she was trying to locate the old location begin to find these tunnels because I'm sure it's like this party plays out there <laughs> and there's some old bleachers that are half buried and half out and so you know I know how to Google Earth so I pulled up Google Earth and found her the old high school location and sent her to the where the rave or party was nice, <laughs> I can still nice. be helpful even though, but, but that is no longer standing, nice. but the party party place is people I hear it's a thing. So young kids listening, you know, Google oh, that's earth that's where the listening. old high school was.
0: <laughs> so what'd you do after high school?
4: Um, I went to college for a while, went to college of Eastern Utah and Salt Lake community college, um, marketing, mass com, uh, political science, um, started working for oh several companies most of which though i mean like probably most noteworthy is uh snowbird Became mm. a ski bum uh still actually have a little side gig up there still get my pass um celebrating all the snow still coming i know everybody's like stop snow and i'm like keep the it, it, never summer let's keep this winter going so i'm, I'm um, with
0: you 100 <laughs> percent. just keep snowing as long as it can snow into the middle of june
4: there you go um, <laughs> And then there's a really cool company here in Utah called. um, It was. uh, It's called World Strides now, Um, but it's a company that puts together halftime shows for college bowl games.
3: Oh, nice!
4: Yeah, and it also works with youth choir, jazz band, and orchestras from high schools all over the U.S. and helps um, they adjudicate, you know, or judge competitions and send them to cool locations. So if you were in a choir or jazz band or an orchestra and you went to uh, Florida for competition or New Orleans or New York, Um, they may have been one of the people that put on those festivals where you guys could compete against other schools and win trophies and go on a cool, like, kind of working vacation as school kids. So that exists here in Utah, and I worked there for eight years before landing at the Utah Film Center.
0: That's awesome. And that's
4: where I am now.
0: So how did you end up at the film center?
4: Um, I was recruited. You know, it's always nice when somebody's like, Hey, you got good energy and you're, um, and and honestly, that's probably what it was. It was my event background. Um, I was writing for slug magazine at the time, Salt Lake underground. Um, So I had a writing background. I had an event background and I really just had a positive attitude and they wanted to mix up their office and, They had a lot of need for event people and press releases. Um, So I came on board as a, I think I was a part-time marketing coordinator at like 25 hours a week is how I started. Um, And now 15 years later, I'm their executive director, (laughs) working my way up.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) There's not much more to work up from where you're at, I don't think, right? You're kind of no.
4: <laughs> I, I I have I've hit the ceiling. I have. It's good though. Like I can I can raise the ceiling. I can raise the roof now and put us in a new ceiling, which is fun. So, however we want to expand and explore our services in Utah is kind of under my realm, which is fun. So,
0: are you still having the 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 real question when you're with an organization for 15 years and you're running it is are you still having fun with that organization and enjoying what you do?
4: I am, or else I would not be here. I think that, (laughs) right. Like if it wasn't boring, especially it's a nonprofit. So if you don't love what you're doing, you could leave and find some other place that probably pays you more. Right. Um, But that's the part of the arts nonprofit creative industry. You know, there's so much left for me to create. And every day is different. And so, yeah, I'm not bored with it. I'm excited about it all the time. And just, you know, Utah, as you guys, new Utah, right? Like there's a new challenge and a new opportunity every single day.
3: Exactly. I know I've been with my company for 17 years. Your company is you. Oh, that's right.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. And what do you do, Jeremy? I'm
3: an architect.
4: Okay, and you get to build things, right? Very creative. He gets to draw about building
3: things. Then I perfect. I don't have to do any of the work, but I get to go out and watch it being built.
4: (laughs) And then you get to see your vision come to fruition, and you're like, "I did that," even though a bunch of you know
3: other people did the
4: contractors actually hammering
3: things or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So, tell us a little bit about the Utah Film Center. What is it for those that don't know? What do you do? What are you guys all about?
4: Sure. So we are a Utah-based nonprofit. Um, we do work with artists all over the world, but we're really here to serve Utahns. Um, we started, oh my gosh, now twenty years ago. So it was about five years old when I ca- came on board, um, and it started as an organization kind of spun off from Sundance. You know, Sundance is now celebrating forty-something years, so it had been around for a while. And people were used to watching like cool, independent, foreign films. And then Sundance would end at the end of two weeks, and people would be like, well, where do I get that from now for the rest of the year? And uh, so, uh, some our founders, uh, Geraldine Dreyfus and Catherine Toll, and a woman named Nicole Guillaume, um, worked with Sundance kind of tangentially. Is that the right word? Trend, yeah. Basically, in coordination with. <laughs> uh, and said, we'd like to start an organization that celebrates independent film year round. Would you like, you know, is that cool? Can we all work in partnership? Maybe we can bring some of your films back. And we still do that kind of stuff. So if you see something cool at Sundance that you're like, oh, I wish my friends had had a chance to see it. Now there's a chance the film center might be showing it. So... um we started out as like an exhibition organization, showing films. We're exhibitionists, but I like to joke, woo! Yeah. we like to throw a show, right? Um, <laughs> so i um, using the Salt Lake City Library, which was brand new in 2002. Just had opened up with the Olympics, that beautiful building. It is has beautiful. a beautiful theater there. Um, the Nancy Testman Auditorium. And so we just show movies uh, to anybody. Anybody, anywhere that would show up on a Tuesday night or anytime we could do it. Um, in the early days, they brought in like um, Danny Glover to come feature a oh, wow. film. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Gina Davis has been a couple of times. Um, I got to drive around. My favorite still was Phil Donahue. Do you guys remember? Do you remember? Wow. Oh, I know. That ages yes. me. Yes.
1: Holy oh my- cow. That was like Mary- one of the first talk show hosts ever.
4: Absolute, married to Marlo Thomas. Many people know her too as Rachel from Friends' mom. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, he was. It was so sweet driving him around. It was like driving your grandpa around. You know, here's this totally famous, you know, talk show host for a million years. Like he basically launched careers like Oprah's and jerry springers and sally Jose's and all those other people and he shows up with like one teeny little bag and for like three days and like and he's like my is there an iron in the hotel my shirt's gonna be totally wrinkled and marlo will be so mad at me if i walk around in a wrinkled shirt and i was like oh my gosh i just love you so much but um he and you know one of my other favorites was john waters which yes that is just a eyeliner mustache. That is so
3: cool. I've heard he's and, like a really pretty cool, down-to-earth kind of guy.
4: So down-to-earth, <laughs> so charming, like talked to everybody at the event, um, shook everyone's hand, hung out, Like, and the weirder, and funkier anything was, the more he wanted to know about it, I you like know, that. and that's so true to his films, too, so... Yeah. Um. so we've showed films a lot. And then over the years, we've we've evolved to not just showing films, but helping people make films and then helping people learn about the process of making them and appreciating them. So we've kind of covered the whole spectrum now. We're now a media arts organization with film exhibition and artist support. So we go to elementary school kids and say, hey, you can be a filmmaker. Think about it. Like, let's show you how to do it. Tell your story.
3: You know, really, with 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 YouTube and other social media, it's given people the opportunity to. I mean, you look at TikTok and things like that; those are two and three minute films. Yeah, I totally. mean, totally. And
1: but are they good? <laughs> there are <laughs> you know? some. Somewhere. There is a there is a lady with two cats that I follow that is amazing. <laughs> there you go. Exactly.
4: And some are so good, and some are like, "Oh, this is not art. This what? is not a story." this is not a film. So being able to talk to kids about like, Hey, you can create content all you want all day, but there is a caliber for what makes a good story. You know, you need to have a storyline. You have to need to have compelling characters. You need to go somewhere in the, in the story. You know, you need to bring people in, you know um, how would you edit that with apps or without apps? And so, yeah, it's cool to be able to like let them loose, but then also give them a little bit of that kind of, Uh, you were saying your daughter is definitely not like a rah, rah, rah. We need critics in this world too. So uh, critics, be a critic, you know, call it out when it's crap and say, I don't like that, you know? And so I think people need to be a discerning media viewer too, and be like, is this truth? Is this lies? Is this good? Is this bad? So we give them that like film theory as well as like how to make it.
1: Some of our friends are way too critical.
4: you're not speaking about anybody here in this room are you
1: no okay <laughs> but i'm speaking about people that both chris and jeremy know about that you're like it's a it's a like that that's not what the film was about why just, like why did you go in expecting fun. that <laughs> just
4: have fun right you yeah it should like, be also entertaining
1: <laughs> some some films though you go in and you expect like you don't care if, if there's a little bit of continuity off. You don't care about certain things because that's not the intent of the film. And some of our friends are very dedicated in making, making judgments about those kinds of films.
0: My favorite thing when watching a film is it doesn't matter what the film is. There's always, like, you're going to almost always run into something that pulls you out of the film, like something that happens or, And it's always fun to like point that out. Like we're watching a film about space bugs fighting space aliens. And the thing that pulled you out was how the dude said this thing to this person. Like (laughs) that's what pulls you out of like this crazy, like sci-fi world that you're in the middle of. Like it's, it's just interesting to me, like those little things that do pull people completely out of films, though.
4: I've what? never really thought about that before, to be honest with you. I think I get so immersed in the film. The things that pull me out is the barking dog or having to go to the bathroom, like if I'm watching it at home, or like the guy coughing in front of you in the movie theater.
3: Oh, right. know? For some reason, on a lot of movies, I seem to catch the errors without even looking okay. for it or wanting to. So like on the movie Pearl Harbor, I, I'm watching Pearl Harbor in theaters. The bomb drops. It goes through the thing. Everything is blowing up. And what's his name? Kuba? I don't know, say it right. Is that his? Is that... No, no one knows. Oh, just the he... actor? Oh, Cuba Jr. Yeah. Jr.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: So he comes running around the corner, and you can see the cameraman standing there and
0: step back. No. Uh, yeah. I don't even notice these things. Like, when I, I watch movies. Like, because, what?
1: because when I'm watching movies, I'm just watching the movie. It's, it's very rare. Now, I hate Napoleon Dynamite. That's what it. I'll say. But it's okay. pretty sure, like, there's there's very few movies that I'm just like, I hate that. You <laughs> know, like, if they'll I was, tell you that's a good thing, like
4: any art. If you hate it, that means it inflicted an emotion on you.
1: <laughs> hatred, because these guys quote it all the time, and awesome. I hate it. So I don't notice it until I realize you guys sound really stupid. You must be quoting Napoleon Dynamite. Oh,
0: Jeremy, I didn't <laughs> tell you we had an 80s night on the cruise. Uh-huh. We just we just got back from a cruise, Mariah. We had I a '80s night, and uh, Brie wore a high ponytail. Nice. I
1: wore a side ponytail. Yeah, side, not just I, high. I wear a side. high ponytail all the time. I, like I wore your a sleeves. side ponytail.
4: It's really puffy. <laughs> I love it with your scrunchies. Did you have your scrunchies in your hair too? I actually
1: had a big fluorescent bow right by um, my ponytail. Very
4: Deb. Very Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Deb. I had.
1: I had, yeah. That's exactly what Chris said when he saw me, and I was like, great. Oh no. Okay. Well, so
4: then Brie, you're not going to be in on this, but for Chris and Jeremy, um, the creators of Napoleon Dynamite, Jared and Jerusha has, as well as Jeremy Coons are going to be at our kids film festival in April, April 21st through 23rd. They're going to be talking about it, you know, because they're local filmmakers. They were, they were BYU students who made this film and have gone on to make lots more films. And so as much as it is, I agree with you, Brie, there is some like, Nails on the chalkboard, you know, like, oh, but I guess that's the idea is it appeals to a certain audience that loves that. Now the kids call it cringy. They love the cringy content. I don't like cringe. I think (laughs) the reason,
0: (laughs) I think the reason Jeremy and I love that film so much is we both went to school at some level in our life. I went to school my whole damn life in a small ass school like that. And it was so spot on to like a small town uh, school. From, See, I'm from Pocatello,
3: I just, and I've got cousins that went to that high school where they filmed yeah. it, Preston. High in school. Preston,
4: Idaho, yeah. I have
3: cousins who went there, who lived there, so like I can relate to a certain level, and that is what life is like. I mean, maybe a little exaggerated, but not too much. And the DI that they go into—that's the Pocatello DI. I know exactly where that is. I'm really I'll disappointed. I've never Pocatello. found
0: a sigh in one of our DI's.
1: See, the problem is—is is I deal with stupid idiotic people all day long and I can't say anything and I can't do anything so the last thing that I want to do is watch people be stupid and moronic I need to go
0: watch that movie again Chris, do, your, do your
3: chickens have sharp talons
4: <laughs> oh my gosh so the, the guy that owned the chicken sorry Brie I totally empathize with you I this get it all the I'm going to oh. geek out on it for a second so we did like, a few years ago so Napoleon Dynamite is now like oh my gosh 25, 26 years old. Yeah, I don't want to okay. date us all, but at their 20th anniversary about six years ago. And again, I'm not quite 2000, sure. The,
0: 2004 was when the film was released.
4: Okay. Perfect. So it must
0: so okay, be. Maybe it was their
4: 15th anniversary then yeah, of the, of the film. We brought, uh, all the cast, all the cast out here. We did a screening at East High School. Um, because, you know, East High School's known for mm-hmm. all this other local filming, all the, you know, high school musicals and high school musical series.
0: They're a film high school. Like, they have special programs for filmmaking.
4: Absolutely. Um, so many of our Utah high schools actually do, which is awesome. Now, I think because of, you know, the success of some of these films mm-hmm. and And, and Access, organizations
0: like yours.
4: Yeah. Like, we we're trying to build a whole ecosystem of, like, inspiring film and filmmakers. And um, so we brought him for their 15th anniversary, brought the whole cast out. So we had Pedro and we had Napoleon and, and they, you know, and the chicken, the owner of the chickens, the chicken rancher showed up in the audience and everybody, like I got a standing ovation. The, the whole cast was like, you're the man.
3: The old so, one that shoots the cow in front of a
2: school us. Yeah. Bus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: there's so, the other guy who's forgot my checkbook. Hope I don't mind a billion change. There's that guy. The oh, guy that's cracking no! It's the
4: that, that guy. the, use, the guy yeah.
3: that cracks the eggs and pays them in like eggs and, then, and, and the change. other guy's the over there we're so little the social right. media. That there's that other guy, and then he's also the one that shoots the cow as the as the bus drives by. <laughs> oh yeah,
4: no, it's the it's the crack and the eggs and the the chicken farmer that's paying them.
3: But well, I, mean, I don't understand a word. You just say it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it's the part that we're all getting to too, is like, it's cool to see yourself, like your community and like your, the people, of the high school and to be able to like, look at a scene or a set and say, that's in Utah. And like films have been made in Utah since like, I just had this. We're celebrating a hundred years. Yeah, circled that. Yeah, 1924 was the first like out of state people came here to make a movie. You know, back in the old spaghetti westerns.
3: Yeah, John Wayne did a bunch of movies down in southern Utah. Uh, We've talked about this on the podcast many times, but we had um, the Sandlot. A good chunk of the Sandlot was filmed here at the Murray Pool and different places a lot.
4: Yeah, Footloose. Footloose is going to be celebrating its 40th,
0: <laughs> what was that? I want to say, this anniversary. Ye- Yellowstone is, has been filmed. Is most Yellowstone was filmed here.
4: Yeah.
3: Is, is Footloose still the best movie of all times? God, that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. They
4: just want to dance, man. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think Every well, time I... That's from Guardians of the better Galaxy. than the
1: remake. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Guardians the of, movie, of the Galaxy,
3: remember? Is Footloose yeah. still the best movie of all time? <laughs> no, dude. <it> and <laughs> <When> they kidnap <laughs> Kevin,
1: <Bacon. laughs> Kevin Bacon. Have you seen that yet? The Guardians Christmas, Christmas Special. Have you seen that? You have to see the the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. They kidnapped. so Kevin many Bacon. Easter eggs in no. it, and they kidnap Ke- Kevin Bacon. And it is to take hilarious. It back to you. It's on oh, Disney Plus. It's okay. uh, it's the Guardians of the go Galaxy find Christmas, Christmas special uh
0: and oh
3: Dumber was filmed here. Yeah. Are, I hate that show too. a <laughs> bit what's
0: that, What City. was the? Is it Seventh Heaven or Seven Angel or some crap like that from Forever ago that was filmed here? touch by an time? angel. Touched, Touched by, by an angel. angel. That's what it was with
1: Roma
4: Downey.
0: Yeah, that was Roma so Downey
4: religiously. Huh. All right. So we had such success of series. That's actually a big thing that. So I mean, we we started with films a hundred years ago, and and Kanab was huge, spaghetti westerns, John Wayne. Mm-hmm. But then like, and then these movies all came through, and most of them wanted us for our Red Rocks or whatever. But you know, the bread and butter butter of the film industry is really having these series like Touch by an Angel, Everwood, um, oh, yeah, whatever, was ever after called. that, yeah. What's and that then um, Disney
3: one Riley or something like that. that, that, that oh, Disney, Andy Mack. Yeah, Andy Mac. That's Andy Mac.
4: Um, and then the, high, no, now it's high school musical, the musical, the series, I swear that's the title of it. Yeah. It's like the high school musical series, but, um, those keep people working day mm-hmm. in, day out, you know, the movies come in and, and they get incentives and we, they prioritize using local cast and crew. Cause it's, it's less expensive to, you know, have people who already are here than to fly them in and put them up in hotels,
3: well, especially but, you know, for we, extras.
4: Oh yeah, but like you know, grips, electrical, transportation, construction, audio engineers, audio engineers. Like it's so when you think about a film set, or film in general, like the whole process of it, there are so many jobs. Like you know, Jeremy being an architect. Like there are people that are in building sets, but there has to be a set designer before that set is built, and then the art department comes in and paints and does that set. We,
0: I mean, we know like Raven. Is a Hollywood prop guy, like he built props and sets, and he does it still for, you know, Utah films, like local independent films, he still builds a lot of that stuff. So he did, they did Salt Lake Punk, wasn't it? They did the a bunch of
3: SLC Punk. SLC Punk, M2, and he's done, that one he does a movie. bunch
0: of independent stuff like he made that crazy armadillo thing to take out to the salt flats, and yeah. yeah, so he does all kinds of crazy stuff. But he's here in Utah and he does set props, but he does them for big movies too. Well, but who's yeah. the who's the other guy that his is his buddy that we've had on the show that also does a bunch of like Hollywood set props? He's like he did a bunch of the stuff for like uh Aliens and Predator, and, oh, yeah, you know, like oh, Ghostbusters. yeah. I can't remember. he's up in Ogden. Yeah, why can't I remember his name? He but anyway, did, he's uh, another. He was one of yeah. the main designers, set designers. Yeah, he's got the he's got the original he's got that, Beetlejuice. He's got that yeah.
3: rollout thing. He kept it. Oh, I need
4: him to come over and do a workshop at Tumbleweeds or like yeah, some of our emerging filmmakers.
0: We'll, yes, uh, we'll get you. We'll get you. Yeah, get info. me
4: his contact info because I mean that's. That's the goal is to like connect all these cool people nice. in the industry with kids that and people of all ages he's that want that, to get he's got to that this Star industry. Wars
3: speeder, that Star Wars speeder in his, uh, oh, yeah. sh- shop up in Ogden. Yeah. Uh, that that they did. And it was really cool talking to him because he's like, you know, back when we were making these movies, there was no such thing as CGI and all this kind of stuff. So we had to build everything. He said, but the problem is you built it to film it. And then as soon as it was done, most of it would just go in the trash. So like, he's like, we're doing Beetlejuice and we've got all this stuff and we're done with it. And they're just tossing it into the dumpster. Ah, so sad. But he did have uh, Michael Keaton gave him the business card, the oh, Beetlejuice yeah. business card that he uses Ooh. in the movie. He he made it for the movie, but then Michael Keaton gave it to him, so he's got that. That he's-
4: he needs to have his own like film museum, like he needs to have a place you give tours of archives of things to go look yeah. at.
3: Yeah, you should look him up. I, I can't. i find. they I'll find use. The while you guys <laughs> That's do. what they
1: should use the Leonardo for since it's just boring there. there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: well, you
4: know. I think film is, you know, it's a STEM activity, right? It's a science. Film is a science. There's so many arts and science all come together. So it might fit really well in the Leonardo.
3: But to go with what you were saying, there's a lot of people in Utah that are involved oh, yeah. in various parts of the film industry. And I know that um, in California, everything has to be union. And so I And know they
4: don't here. They yeah. don't here.
3: So they don't nope, come Right hear. to work state. And even though they may film chunks of it there, they can come here and film a lot of the outdoor stuff. And the thing with being here is you can be in a desert and four hours later, be at a ski resort.
4: Absolutely. And they s- love the, the like versatility of our landscapes and, and because we do have a hundred year legacy of film being here and we do have such amazing media arts organizations and education and, and, and cost of living and, you know, all well, of that. It, it plays into like really enticing projects to and come here and want s- to film here.
3: Speaking of a community like Copperton, you've got a a, a a community that's right out of the 1940s and 50s, and it hasn't changed. And then a few hours later, you could be in Wendover for a World War II airplane movie, and I mean, it just there's just so much in a relatively small area, three four hours away, and you can be in a totally different.
1: We're just stealing California so when it falls into the ocean because they have (laughs) Silicon Valley and we have Silicon Slopes and then they have the film industry. And then so when it falls off into the ocean in the next few years, they'll just be like, we'll just do everything in Utah. It's fine.
4: You know, it's not not a bad plan. Um, (laughs) The ones we actually compete with the most are New Mexico. New Mexico now houses Netflix. And so they have a gigantic studio there. They also have Red Rocks. Their airport, you know, flying into Albuquerque, they're like the warmer version of Salt Lake in a lot of ways. And so um, they have amazing film incentives too. So the way that the, the films work, and I always describe this: this is my my legislature conversation that I have is like nobody wants to pay people to come and do business, right? I get it. Those are incentives and 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 you don't want to use tax dollars to incentivize businesses to come here, but this is a rebate that we normally give out and that the state of Utah gives out. So if a film comes here and they use 80% of our cast and crew and they use all these services and they present their books and they say, "Look, I spent all this money and I spent all this time and I used all these services. Can you give me a rebate on some of the taxes I'm going to pay in your state for creating jobs?" Um, that's what the film incentive, quote unquote incentive is for. And so, um, New Mexico has said, we will do that for everybody. We don't care like how big your project is, how small your project is. You bring us your books, you show us what you did. You say, you know, we'll, we'll open it up and look at it and we'll give you 25% of your taxes back on, on whatever you did here in that, in New Mexico. Same thing is true now in uh, Georgia. How many movies have you seen lately? That at the end of the movie, Walking there's dead. a Georgia Peach. Georgia George Peach. Walking Peach. Dead. <clears throat> Walking Dead. And but so many more. You know, it's like what is it? Um, I'm trying to think of all the different studios that have popped up there and work that's done there. I, I mean, most of the films I watch at the end of it, it's the Georgia Peach. Um, and the same thing is true for them. So now they make over bill, like 2 billion dollars a year off the film industry being in Georgia because they offer a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of inst- of rebates a year to bring in 2 billion dollars worth of work so it's kind of a i always describe it like if you had two credit cards and one of them gave you gave you miles and the other one doesn't right which one are you going to use
2: mm mm-hmm. mhm
4: so it's it we we are in a kind of a pickle because we do have such an amazing film community here. We have the locations here, we have the history here, we have all these talented trained people and then if we don't have that little carrot to dangle on their back end budgets of that, you know, rebate, then they're like, well, I can fudge that with CGI. I can make it look like red rocks <laughs> and I can be in Georgia, <laughs> you know. So that, that there is a bit that that is probably where if you were to say what's the hardest part of my job it's just talking to people about the need for increased support of the film industry in Utah, mm-hmm. because it's just, you know, you have to kind of build it. So they'll come. Right. You have to build your field of dreams, which is why Kevin Costner is here. He's here right now, filming. <laughs> Look at that segue! Is he filming
0: "Filtered <laughs> Dreams" part two? Because he do
4: <laughs> he's doing westerns. You know, isn't he just yeah. the quintessential cowboy? You know, and he loves Utah. Yellowstone made him fall in love with our state, and so when he's not filming Yellowstone or on breaks, he's been filming his passion project. He's got a a a multiple film, like a trilogy. Um, called Horizon right now, and it's um, filming down in southern Utah. and it's using some of those, as you brought up, Jeremy, like Copperton. It's using those little towns that have kind of they they've, they're dying out because of you know, coal mining decreases in coal mining. Mm-hmm. They, we call it the Carbon Corridor, that price, Farron, but, Castledale, mm-hmm. like Orangeville, um, Green River, and he's been doing a lot of filming down there, which is great because it's creating a lot of jobs. This last year um, when he started filming, every single hotel in Green River was completely booked up.
0: Oh, oh wow. wow. That's this great for them. them.
4: Never happened before. And every restaurant was full. So they gave um, every person on crew um, a, like a, a coupon stipend and said, here, here's the restaurants. Go give them this. And then we'll pay your tab up to this percentage and like they went out and just ate at all the restaurants and they were busy everybody's gonna go to raise get a garlic burger right awesome. you know but camera beaver
3: so Cameron. everybody could come out with i love beaver stickers i know
4: i know well that's <laughs> that's part of that area too so saint george is really trying to do a lot more filming down there too mm-hmm. so yeah as we as we work on our artist support and try and get people to like Think about making films here. We also want them to think about where in the state they can make these films and and help them make those connections and introduce them to youth in that area to be mentors and inspire, you know, future filming, future filmmakers.
1: So that this Tumbleweeds Film Festival that you guys do for kids, is that is that something that do you do every year? Is that an ongoing thing? How how does that work?
4: It is. It's its twelfth year this year. Um, And kind of like the film center itself, we started a lot on like, you know, here, here's beautiful films that you can appreciate from around the world. And then we started seeing kids ask, how do you make this film? I would love to meet the filmmaker. I have questions for them. You know, that natural curiosity that happens when you watch a film. Like, why didn't they notice the boom operators boom was hanging out there? <laughs> you know, they, kids are even more critical than you guys are. Yeah. Like, They notice all that stuff. They're like, wait that didn't make any sense in that film. Uh, so uh, we've started adding in workshops a few years ago, like the movie ma- uh, makeup workshops, editing workshops. Um, this year we're doing uh, prosthetic makeup workshops. Oh, wow. uh, yes. We're doing a podcast workshop. So maybe, you know, next year mm-hmm. you guys should come and host that.
2: <laughs> um,
4: we're doing editing, uh, screenwriting, Uh, drones, drone demonstrations for how you get that footage and like, you know, the best angles and things and what, what's required to be, you know, a drone operator, um, Insurance.
2: Yes. <laughs> totally. Sorry, I work
1: like, in insurance and, and yeah. yeah. People are always <laughs> shocked. I have to have insurance to to run this drone? Yeah. yeah. If you crash into you're gonna something, lose dude. it, break it, or
4: break something else of somebody's. Totally. Um, and then we have the you know, Jared and Jerusha Hess and Jeremy Coons from Napoleon Dynamite, um, you know, and many other films. In fact, sidebar. Jeremy Coons just premiered a film um at South by Southwest about the Star Wars Christmas special that aired in, like,
3: I remember that. You do, Jeremy?
4: What do you remember?
3: Yeah, horrible. It was so bad, but I remember it. Yeah, it was, like, 1984, somewhere in that ballpark. I remember it.
4: And the movie is about how horrible it was and how it was the worst-performing Christmas special ever, still to this day.
3: They (laughs) hyped it up, and and I remember as a kid, because I was relatively young, not not realizing this isn't Star Wars. This is a special. So I'm I'm thinking it's going to be like a another episode of Star Wars. It was farthest from
2: it What It was so. Why
4: do you want to bet the Galaxy Quest people? Uh, not Galaxy Quest. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Galaxy Quest. I know I love Galaxy Quest. Filmed in Utah. Uh, but yeah, what do you want to bet that the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy before they did their Christmas special
3: was like.
2: Mm,
4: maybe we don't want to do that again. Let's make they, sure we're not the star Wars version.
3: They uh,
0: nailed it. You'll have to. They watch did. It. Only so like, that, I, there's a difference I, okay. when Disney does something. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> as opposed to George <laughs> Lucas. Now Disney is
4: star Wars. So, you know, eventually. Yeah.
0: yeah but, maybe uh, they'll do a better one.
4: <laughs> but I think Jeremy could even talk to kids, you know, mentoring of like, Hey, I made a movie about people failing up, you know, learning from their failures. So, um, and then I uh, don't know if you're familiar with the Harmon brothers, but they made those awesome squatty potty commercials. Oh yeah. Those such great. Those I are have awesome. a squatty potty. Uh, I do too. There you go. Personal site really out there. Because of the commercials. Yes. And because I just, you know, think that like unicorn poop is amazing. So, you know, they sold me on that, you know, uh, but they'll be coming to speak. And then we're premiering the, uh, a film that just premiered at Sundance called, the aliens abducted my parents, and now I feel kind of left out. That is the whole title, and it is awesome. And it features uh, Will Forte is the dad in it. Oh wow! <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's awesome in it too. And we're gonna have the kids from the film there, and we've also got a kids film competition. So it's evolved from just like watching films to now it's like full on year twelve like making films. Appreciating them, showing their own films in the kids film competition and then learning from like true professional filmmakers. So That's yeah, awesome. it's kind of grown up. It's, it's, it's a mini kids version of Sundance.
0: So how do people, how do people help out? How do they volunteer? How do they, I mean, you guys are nonprofit, so I'm sure donations <laughs> are welcome as well.
4: Yeah. We want, we want, well, time, talents and treasures, right? We want them all. So, um, if you go to utahfilmcenter.org, um, you'll see on their big banner, Tumbleweeds Film Festival. Just click on that and you can see it. there's one thing that says like, how do we get involved? Um, and there's options for, um, you know, greeters and, and concessions and every kind of volunteer position. In fact, one of the positions is, um, we've got a couple of foreign films and so we have reader or we have headsets that reads subtitles for the films for people who don't want to read the subtitles. And so if you have a good podcasting radio voice, hint, hint, two, three, (laughs) you can go in and Kurt Bester said it best. He's like, I love to sit in the back of the auditorium and be the voice of God. Bellowing in all of their ears. He does it well, right? Doesn't he play that like in film sometimes? Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, it's really fun to be able to actually narrate the subtitles for kids in a film. And, and afterward they're like, was that
2: you?
1: I heard you was in my you? ears.
4: <laughs> 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 awesome.
1: I need so, somebody to do that. Cause I can't hear. So just like read the, read the subtitles for me.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So th- there's a lot of those, you know, if, if you do have any needs as far as vision, vision impaired, hearing impaired, um, you know, sensory issues, we have like accommodations for all of those things. It's really a festival for kids and families. And it's meant to be just a place like you can volunteer with your kids, you know, as long as you're willing to watch them while you do it, you know, you can bring them along and teach them about volunteerism. So you're people.
0: not a daycare. Yeah,
4: not a daycare though. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is from a, you know, uh family, you know, multi-generational engagement here. So um, yeah, and it's just at the Viridian Center in West Jordan. If you guys are familiar with that beautiful space oh, yeah. there. Oh, yeah.
3: We that's where we got our dog. That's great because it's nice. That's centrally located. Sundance is nice, but it is out of the way for us folks here in the Valley. So that's great. That's the yeah, there's parking Speaking there, there. There's our a dog
4: there. <laughs> Hello, dog. I'm surprised mine haven't come to visit. We,
0: we got so we got her at that uh, whatever it's called the place in West Jordan. Yeah, the, the
1: Valley Center. Is that they that they was. hosted like a a cause like thing a in gi- that a giant pet adoption. A little event. outside awning the, area like, like, thing. yeah they have, like yeah. a really
4: cool amphitheater space that's right there
1: yeah
4: oh that's great yeah i love the virgin center for all those same reasons because it's just yeah. so centrally located there's lots of places to eat around there that park's my favorite so but yeah so april 21st through 23rd um you should totally come out and do that and if that's not your jam like when you're on our website you'll see we have a summer series that we do in liberty park where you can just like Come downtown, you know, I don't know if you end up downtown a lot, but like bring a picnic blanket, bring a picnic, hang out, watch some cool independent films that you wouldn't normally get to see, Um, mix and mingle with the community. Um, And then we also show movies still monthly, like we always have for now 20 years for free. Um, We have a couple of really awesome series that we curate that have like a, a visiting filmmaker or a panel discussion. So we like to watch a film and then have the audience if they have the time and and can stick around for it to like ask questions you know go ahead and hit up the director and find out why the boom is still showing up there (laughs) or like that didn't make any sense you know like i think that it's it's good to be a part of that whole process and engage in it in a way that we can't normally do when we're like at home streaming things it's nice to be in an audience and feel that collective ooh and ah, and then be able to ask questions afterward.
0: You're, you're a film person, so I have to ask you if you're aware that this place is in the state of Utah. It's in Salt Lake City. Have you ever been to the organ loft?
4: I have not been. I am aware of it. And I feel like I never am like on the right list to get the information. Because, okay, is it black and white films?
0: It's silent films.
4: F- silent films. So it's silent films, yep. but then it's a...
0: A Worcester, a Worcester,
4: one of those a... old famous oral
1: Wurlitzer. Oral- Worlitzer, is it
0: Worlitzer? I think so. Yeah, I've known about that place for a very long time, and it's just one of these cool little places that we have tucked away. That like it just exists, and it's a place and it's that like on
4: Edison to. Street between like thirty third and thirty fifth.
0: Yep, right, right there. Yeah, right there.
4: By that, Um, like century sixteen, but just south of it, people. So, even though I don't work for them, you all should go and look (laughs) them up because I'm a film person, so I love all film, all film organizations here. Like they all, we all make each other better. So it's
0: just, I mean, it's such a cool, such a cool idea to be able to show something so, so old, but like also like just really, just a really cool experience and authentic. Yeah, we still have a working drive-in theater here.
4: We yep. do. I love the Redwood Drive In. Oh,
0: by Miles. A lot of people do. That's why it's still in business because people actually still go to that theater. I remember when nature. you used
1: to have to take the little metal box and put it on your window your,
0: <laughs> you know. Before you could tune oh, to yeah, the
1: radio to Willa, station. Before don't you could tune to the radio station, yep.
3: They still have that one in Tooele, don't they? The drive thru? Or they do. is that? yeah, so there's 2
1: mm-hmm. Do you know we used to have like
4: dozens across oh, yeah. the Salt Lake Valley? There was like one up in Olympus Cove and there was one off of seventh and 39th. and when I talk to friends that have lived here, you know that are older than I am that remember some of these things, I've only grown up with the redwood drive-in, but that was such a thing for so long. Was to go to the drive-in, whole family, enjoy a film experience, you know, watch a double feature. Like it was affordable, right? It was affordable. It was a first family movie experience.
1: everybody was awake for, and the second movie the kids all fall asleep in the car.
4: Yep, mom and dad try and stay awake and drive home <laughs> at two a.m.
3: <laughs> I
1: remember, I
3: remember as a kid, my grandparents
1: took me to see Gremlins.
3: I love yeah. that movie. Still one of my favorite Christmas that movies. That terrified me, though, as a kid. <laughs> but I saw it in the dry. So it's, you know, 40 feet tall. Oh, yeah. Grumlin's coming That's great. Out,
0: it's a, such it's... a great
3: Christmas movie. Great movie, but that thing terrified
4: me. <laughs> I guys. love how you work in Christmas movie there because <laughs> it I It is, is a totally, Christmas movie. I know. I believe it. It is. So is Die Hard. I totally am on
2: board
0: Can for I tell all you, though, I watched Violent Night on the plane uh, this last <laughs> week. And I hadn't seen it. Oh my gosh! It's now my favorite Christmas he's, movie.
1: He's told me that I have to see it because I I'm kind of against violence. Like I don't know. I struggle so with good. violence as I've gotten older. Like I can't watch people fight and stuff. But he's like, you need to see this. You need it's to watch. So it.
0: it's so good. I, I was amazed how how well they did that movie.
1: <laughs> when a good movie
4: sticks with you, like we said, Brie, good or bad, it'll stick with you. So, you know. Yeah. Give it a chance. Watch it. You know, if you can watch it at home, at least then you can watch it through like pausing it or stopping, you know, and you can like, you know, blanket over the eyes. But if you're in a theater, <laughs> at least you've got your hands and you just peek through, right? Like, she does because- that in
3: our living room. Speaking of hands, Monos Hands of Fate, one of the worst movies ever
0: made. Oh, yeah, that movie
3: was terrible. Quentin Tarantino <laughs> bought the original reel of it. He has it in his own personal collection, but probably the worst movie ever made.
0: No, no, you've never but seen that.
4: Trolls too.
3: No, but oh, yeah. that's the did
4: yeah. not the Pixar not the yeah. cartoon. No, guys no. the, like, the, the
3: scary movie. Yeah, troll. I don't know. The, Leprechaun.
0: Leprechaun one two. No, three, Leprechaun's four, five is also states. a great movie. Okay, <laughs> you have not seen Deathbed, the bed that eats people. <laughs> if you want to watch a truly horrible independently made film you need to watch deathbed the bed that eats people it is so bad <laughs> so
1: him and and our youngest daughter have a thing for bad like b-rate horror movies that they watch. well i was just about to say I'm
4: like do you know any other medium like any other you know realm that you're like i really want to go see the best of the worst of this
2: yeah.
4: Like, do people go to see the best of the worst plays? Do they go to see the oh. best of the worst art? Do they go? I mean, like, maybe, I, maybe well, I just well, am unaware, but Bruce like, Campbell else, had, it's a thing. There's Bruce Campbell has made
0: himself into an A-list celebrity by being the best B-list celebrity That's there true. is. Yep. You know, like, he's made so many of these really bad campy movies uh throughout his career that he's just. that Now they're good. Sharknado. Oh.
3: Sharknado, isn't it two that the governor was in that he gets killed by the Sharknadoes? I, I think it's remember. two Shark
1: think so. Thank God I've never watched a Sharknado. <laughs> it's so good, man. Those movies, these movies are great.
4: You're making me feel so good because we tell kids all the time that, like, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And that if you feel compelled that you need to tell this story, then you should have the tools and go out and tell those stories. So, exactly. you know, the fact that somebody and the whole cast and crew all worked on this project together, like, it's a beautiful thing. That they all did together, even if the outcome is, like, subjectively bad.
1: <laughs> I think when we were at Comic-Con, one of the last times we went, somebody actually dressed up as, as a, shark-nado. a Sharknado. oh, a that's costume. like a beautiful way
4: of, you know, acknowledging that film. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly.
4: Paying homage to it, right? Yeah.
3: Herbert, Governor Herbert's in it. He gets sucked out of his office and dies. No, yeah, really. He's in it. Mm-hmm. When you say governor, I was like Arnold Schwarzenegger.
4: No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, thinking like film and our Governor oh, that's Herbert. Oh yeah,
3: because the Sharknado comes through Salt Lake. I don't know why, but yes,
4: because film, <laughs> because film like Utah is a magnet for this stuff. I tell you, like I said, it's in our history. Been doing it forever. Great. So. Hey. So one thing I got to tell you guys, though, too, is if you have friends that are filmmakers and they're interested in making films, our artist support services, we connect the community by saying, oh, you're making this film. Here's some people who could help you with it. Or here's some workshops to help workshop your film. We've got a screenwriting workshop that just finished and we've got another intensive starting in screenwriting. Um, we also have um, an editing workshop that kind of every happens every couple of months. Uh, then there's lots of meetups and stuff. So if you guys are aspiring filmmakers, this is, you know, adults, 18 and older, the kids film festival, great inspire them, but uh, we're not again, babysitters. So we uh, do like to host networking events for filmmakers and like connect all these great storytellers. So they can be the next creator of Sharknado if they want to be.
3: Speaking of which, did you find our guest's name, Chris? Uh, Yeah, I think uh, Russ Adams. Russ Adams. Russ Adams. I'm going to
4: look him up. That's who it
0: was. Yeah, Russ Adams. That's right.
4: Russ, I want to see all your Beetlejuice
0: stuff. See, but I don't remember that. I don't know if that was Russ Adams. Russ Adams is an FX guy, but I can't remember if that was him for sure or not. Because I know he, like Russ Adams did stuff for like Pirates and 51st Dates. Um, and we did talk to him back in episode, uh, I don't remember. It could have just been
1: that we talked to people that talked about that guy.
0: Uh, episode, I mean, we
1: have been doing this for six years, yeah, episode
0: 131. And I remember because he was doing the (laughs) uncon back then. And I think that, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Russ Adams because that was a guy that, um, that, uh, Raven knew and, um, had, had hooked us up with, um, So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Russ Adams. We got one more question for you uh, before we let you know. You, you're a Utah person. You've been in Utah basically your Mm -hmm. whole life. We'll ignore, we'll ignore that.
4: Ignore those first two years. Yes.
0: You don't really have memory of those Those first two years. Exactly.
4: (laughs) I just like the Idaho's I'm a spud thing just for a slogan wise, but yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, what is the, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in your time here?
4: Oh, that is a very good question.
2: <laughs>
4: the most interesting or unique thing about Utah. I mean, I, do, 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 do. I I honestly think that it is going to be film related because like, I'm just surprised all the time about all the films that are here and all the, the places. Um, I I know this place is special and I know whenever I travel, you say, you know, you're from Utah and somebody has a story. And so I do really feel like it is, there is some kind of like interesting energy to this place, but I would say the most fascinating thing to me is that, um, skinwalker ranch oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and and it i didn't know about it until there was you know the series about it and now they have started a paranormal festival up there in Duchesne that is all about that being this that area being a space of a space place of high magnetic energy and like i don't know uh, occurrences, so <laughs> I guess it's our area 51. So I think that you know there's a lot of kooky things about this state, but I think the Skinwalker Ranch and some of the stuff, like the the satellite footage of that area, and you know just how many dinosaurs were found up there that there's just something really interesting about that space up there in Vernal. So I hope to get up there more. I want to show more movies. They have an old drive in there. That's not being used. Maybe we'll have some paranormal activity happen at the old drive in up there, but (laughs) um, I'd like to get up there with some films, bring them to that community. And I'd love to go to that paranormal festival that they've just started because it sounds like a, a cool thing that is new to Utah.
0: That's a, that's a really good answer. You might be the first person that's talked about Skinwalker Ranch as an interesting or unique thing. And we've talked to a lot of like paranormal people throughout the years on the show. So that is a, that is a Utah thing. That's, that's great. Um, okay. We're going to do our, uh, our, what are these? They're not affirmations. I don't know
1: what they are. Um, (laughs) Uh, The card is on your, the card is by the board, the top.
0: Oh, this is the spiritual
1: AF cards. That's right. They're not are they really,
4: speed rounding here. What are we doing? No,
1: no, no. This is <laughs> it's, it's a card that, that we kind of just read our, we've got a we have like a, we technically have a fourth host, but she's young and we're old she and she comes and goes. So yeah, but she brought this. So she doesn't, <laughs> she has commitment issues. So yeah.
0: well, it's Jeremy's daughter. So sometimes no. she doesn't want to oh. hang out with her dad. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Is, no, it
1: sometimes it she, so, it could be that she's actually over there. At her doubts right now, she's not wanting to hang out with us.
0: She uh, she started with uh, she started by bringing in uh, a deck of oracle cards that we really liked, which are like pseudo tarot cards, but not really. But um, this deck did is did you find this deck for her? Or did she find? it? Yeah, I got box? it for her for Christmas. That's right. Two years ago. Uh, and so at the, the, the box of cards, is, they're, they're similar to like affirmations, but they're, they're spiritual. But they're, enough.
1: they're a little, they're a little off center.
0: So like this one's, this one is, uh, you are a product of what you believe. And then it says, if you think you're a turd, you're probably going to act like a turd, <laughs> treat yourself like a turd and accept turd treatment from others. Why the fuck would you do that? First off, you're not a turd. It's just physically impossible to be a turd and a sentient being at the same time. But even if you have been kind of turdy, you believing you're golden will bring it all on, bring on all that golden behavior and that golden treatment. Today, just believe you're golden. If you liked it better there, go back to turd town tomorrow. <laughs> True. So we true. like to yeah, we like to read they're they're definitely all true. Uh, and we like to read them um at the end of the show. It's kinda it?
1: funny because many times they apply to someone or something or the topic or whatever.
0: And we just pull them at random. We don't we'll just pick one out of the box. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean there's like hundred. There's several hundred in here. These are gonna last us a couple more years probably at this point. Because <laughs> we just do want to show.
1: Yep. And sometimes we forget. So
0: So uh if people want to find you guys, it's Utahfilmcenter.org, right? Correct. Uh, and then you can find us out on social media at TNU Podcast Everywhere or TheNewUtah.com or hotdog watercom com will also get you to us. It's uh you know, if you if you know, you know.
4: <laughs> and if not, you're a turd.
0: Uh, <laughs> and you should probably stop backing like one because you know, you're just gonna be in president of turd bill. So <laughs> Uh hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Uh please share it. That's what helps us more than anything. And um you know, keep enjoying the snow cuz I don't think it's going to stop for another month or so.